It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You sure you've got more than 12 transfers there, Flick? Hello everybody, welcome to Planet Sky FF, the world where everything revolves around £50,000 and this week I've got an upgrade that didn't cost me quite that much amount of money. Let's be honest, Suj isn't winning Sky Fantasy this year, but my guest might be. It's the godfather, according to the 3 for 1 Fantasy Football Hub Sky podcast, it's Luke Williams. He's only 27th overall. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good, man. I'm uh, just talking before the pod, a week off, daughter's birthday tomorrow, like everything's good. Um, I'm loving life, doing pretty well, like you say, in Sky and, and in FPL. So it's all coming up Millhouse at the moment. So yeah, um, I'm good. You, you? Yeah, very well. Thanks, mate. Uh, you know, I'm on your tail. I'm on your tail. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a million miles away. I had a better start to the season than I had this time last year. So yeah, mm-hmm. feeling pretty good about Sky as well. And I'm ready after the the literal interlow to cheer everyone up because obviously you're 27th overall can you just tell everyone how shit your second team's doing as well <laughs> i've just looked now it's actually dropped so i don't know where some extra points have come from but presumably there's been an update but that's 202nd now i was like 190th or something um so yeah both both in a decent position um with two completely different teams as well when i say completely different um you know there's like four or five players like harland and stuff that are in both the teams but um, they've had both very different approaches, so I've got double lucky somehow. I don't know, but have, have you got a strategy with the the second team? It's a regular question. What should we do with our second team? Did you have a like? I tend to go for talisman with a second team. Do you have a a, a particular philosophy with that? I usually do, but this season I actually I usually to be honest, I don't even really bother with the other team. I kind of just uh, mess around with it if if anything. But this season I I did actually pick a another team that I thought would do good where it was like, you know, marginal decisions, if you know what I mean, I'll, I'll have this player or this player. Um, you know, I started with a stupid ad in that team, for example, and I started with Mbomo in my in my team that's doing better. And those two players individually probably caused a lot of um, what you're seeing now in terms of where my position is. If I'd have had both in the same team, <laughs> it would have been crazy because I don't know if people can even remember now, it seems like an age, but stupid and started on fire. Um, and as did Mbomo, who's, who's probably continued. So yeah, I've had I've had stuff like that where five or six players are different, and it's just it just continues to work out. I mean, the, I'm not under any illusion that I'm some sort of masterful genius, and I know exactly what's going on, and I'm going to be able to help anyone who's watching this to to turn around their seasons or absolutely fire. Like a large part of it is with is undoubtedly luck. Like you have to have the luck to to get that high. Um, although, you know, I, ha- I have been in this position before, and I have been in this position quite early before, and. Um, I've let it slip and I've done okay. So I've been, I've, I've played this game so long now. I've, I've virtually every scenario you can think of. I've I've probably experienced. And for those who don't know you, and I'm sure nearly every listener of you does, like what's your history with with Sky then? Yeah, I mean, I've said this before in other pods and stuff, so I don't want to bore people, but I, I think I started from the very beginning of the game. I can't be sure because I don't know what the very first season is, but it was certainly 
around there. And the game was very different then as well. We've had loads of different iterations of the game with different rules and, and factors. But um, yeah, I mean, I've played it pretty much from the beginning and I've done, I've done, you know, pretty well, I think, in general. I've come top 100 a lot. Like, it's hard to gauge because in the early days, like I said, the game was a bit different. If anything, it was it was harder um, in terms of how to play it. But that was good because there was less good players around. So therefore, sort of being in that top 100 was almost a guarantee if you knew what you were doing at the very, very start. So I don't know how much credit to give myself for those ranks. Um, just being an early adopter helped there. But yeah, I finished fourth before um, I finished... I think I finished 17th, 23rd. Um, I finished in the top 100 most seasons, but some seasons I can remember where I finished sort of just outside it or even I think one season I finished sort of top 1,000 or just around that as well. Like it was a, so, yeah, I don't know how many years it's been, but I've always done pretty well um, across the, the different versions of the game. Wait, do you take big experience from that previously? Like you, you literally used the term before saying, I let it go. Do you draw on those experiences now being in this position now? Or do you look at it and go, hang on, there's six months of the season to go here? Absolutely that. Like you see everyone on, on Twitter. And I appreciate it. Like it's great. Like saying, oh, yeah, Luke's going to go on and win. And I think you've even said that before. And yeah. I see it on the hub and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But um, I, I've been first in this game three times before in the past. And, and unbelievably, after game week one once, I was I was first <laughs> in the world. Um, and this is, this is like quite a strange story. And again, I've probably said it before, but Sky, uh, being the, the well-oiled machine, um, that it is, and, and they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, they had one season where it was very strange. You had game week one and you had game week two. Now, nowhere on the website, anywhere at all, did it say that you would not be able to change your captain between game week one and two. They'd almost bracket them into one game week, but they did not say that anywhere at any, at any point. So what happened was I captained, and it was already a bit of a risk, like David Silver on game week one. I remember that. I think it was very early days, not his debut season, maybe the season afterwards. I suppose I could go back and check, actually, um, when it was. So I captained David Silver, which, which was um, yeah a bit different to most people. He didn't even do that well. I think he got like a goal. Man of the match was worth five points at that point as well, so quite a, a really substantial reward. Um, and no one else did anything game week one. So I, was, I did put, had a really good start. Going into game week two, I'm going to take my captain off of David Silva because they had a horrific game, Man City. I can't remember who it was. Again, I probably blended some of these memories. But I couldn't. And I was like, I can remember like writing in going, what's going on? Why can't I change it? I got the response saying, oh, yeah, just to let you know, we've grouped the games together. <laughs> For God's sake, I've never captained David Silva in this situation. And then again, game week two, he goes on to get man of the match. But I think he only got like a goal or an assist. Not, not like a massive haul, but again, nobody else did anything. So literally after game week two, I was number one in the world straight away um, off the basis of pure luck and captain David Silva. Um, I can remember also being number one in the world when I captained Edin Zeko and he got four goals uh, at some point. And that was sort of like mid, mid-season at uh, one point. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been crazy. Like the positions I've been in and the things I've ended up in this game, but you play it for long enough and you get lucky as I have. <laughs> Like, so you've referenced Man City. Now we know where your Man City expertise comes from. It's as captain in Man City differentials in Sky Fantasy over the last decade. <laughs> yeah, it seems so. Yeah, I mean it, to add to that, the, the year I came fourth and I, and I won like most of the money that I've won and the best season I've ever had. I had Aguero captain in that in that season where he obviously scored that final goal versus Queen's was it Queen's Park Rangers? If I think it was in the final. Oh, game. what the final day, eleven twelve. Yeah. yeah. So that literally won me the money because I had Aguero captain. And I don't know if anyone remembers the game, but he was awful that game man city weren't particularly good um but he obviously scores with the, the final kick of the game pretty much to win the league and because he got man of the match in the typical like never was man of the match but because of this the situation where he won it he got it and that caused me to actually finish in the top five and get money so um yeah i've got a special affiliation with man city when it comes to fantasy football apparently nice do you're not sitting there feeling pressure at the moment from a sky fantasy perspective i, I don't feel pressure because the end of I know it's it's great to be in this position early on, but we all know this is a rabbit and hair game. There'll be and I've seen like the average transfers rain at the moment and it looks really low. I don't know if you've seen it on general. So you've but... only got like twelve left, haven't you? <laughs> uh, nah, a little bit more than that. A couple <laughs> more. Um yeah, so I mean there's just so long to go. You already you already nailed it. You need to continue to get really lucky and there will be players, and I can notice some names already. Like I, I I've seen some of these names before in and around the top hundred that will are very good managers and have managed their transfers well. And they're probably even a better position with, with me in terms of um, transfers remaining. So anything can happen. You know, if we start getting a whole string of injuries as well, that's going to affect 
tactical plans, which a lot of my transfers, I don't know about you, have ended up actually being on injuries this season. Like I've actually... It was like it recently. Yeah, certainly recently. I mean, people saying, how have you done well and stuff? And you must have got lucky. You definitely have. But there's also been some times that I can think of that have been absolutely horrendous. So I got, uh, for example, I got, um, I can't remember if it was Eze or Robertson, which way around it was, whoever got injured first. But I got one of those in ahead. So I think it was Robertson, maybe, ahead for Liverpool's run, where people have now got Simicass, and Simicass has obviously gone on to do really well. Bearing in mind, Liverpool weren't keeping clean sheets at that moment. Robertson's the cheapest way into Liverpool defence. He's like 9.1 at that point. Um, was getting passing, was on corners, was on everything. I got him in, like, ahead of schedule for this run, which no one else seemed to be doing. I think he got, like, two points, two points. Then he got injured on international duty. So that was... Devastating because you don't even get that gain of being able to take him out during the midweek and have picked up those two points and switch. So you're like, oh, for God's sake. So I literally transferred him out straight to Eze, or it was the other way around, whichever it was. Eze played one game, two points, and then again got injured in the midweek, didn't even get a game and was straight out again. On top of all that, it was Dunk I took out originally to even make that that sort of thing happen because I thought Dunk was injured. Dunk played every single game and caught more points than that combination. And I went back to Dunk. So I used three transfers to go back. And now he's injured. Started. Yeah, and now he's injured again. <laughs> so three three transfers basically to get less points than anyone who just sat with Dunk. So don't think you have to get play the game absolutely perfectly to do this well. Like there is no, definitely- I think that's that's a, that's a really nice story to share actually because I think people, particularly the new players, can think I've made a mistake. Mm. I, like I can't, I can't win it from here, and I'm sure Paul McNaughty would would admit last year it wasn't fifty perfect decisions. Across, you know, not. he he made more better than everybody else across the the run of the season, but he wouldn't have been happy with every single one. He didn't have every single rubber luck go across the season. So, no, yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect in you this game to resign to yourself that you are going to waste some transfers. Like it's yeah, going to happen. So. Some some of them are going to be potentially your fault but the vast majority of them could just be pure bad luck I mean I think Eze looks a good option Robertson I mean Simicass is showing that Robertson probably was a good option in that position what can you do they got injured it happens yeah that's interesting that so you have only got 12 transfers left then <laughs> uh yeah no no I've I've got a little bit more than that I'm not I'd love it if you were sitting there and you're like you've only got five left but I'll give it the big and I've got a chance <laughs> yeah well, I suppose points on the board are quite important. I think there was a. I think we're going to get to it, aren't we? But um, yeah, there's some questions around how many transfers you want to have left and stuff. And you know, a lot, a lot of the movement in this game, I think, comes at, at the very start and at the very end. I think they're the, probably the two most important periods because right at the beginning, you're working with the least information. You you know, so many things have changed. Who are the good options? So it's once the teams generally become a bit more settled, if you've had that good experience of, of getting that right earlier than everyone else, then you probably gained a lot on the field or at least the engaged managers. And then obviously towards the end with transfers and extra games and stuff where you can um, manipulate that over the people who have, have or either wasted them or got unlucky with them, then you're probably due to make some gains then as well. So, yeah. Yeah, what we're going to do on this one is, I mean, there's obviously nothing to recall from obviously the last week. And I don't think there's too much that's changed from an injury perspective. There'll be doubts about Jared Bowen for a few now, but at the time of recording, and we are pre-recording this on Tuesday, we don't have the full outlook. We don't have the full outlook on Lewis Dunk as yet either. But yeah, I want to get into these questions. There's some good ones. I want to start, Luke, with uh, this one from FPL Spartans. It says, uh, seat Luke in the special Planet FPL chair. You know the one with the uh, electrodes and lie detector equipment. And ask him his exact current 11, a number of transfers remaining. That's all we ask. Now, I know you're not going to share your, your transfer account, and I don't expect you to. How how do you feel about that? Because you said to me off camera, like you've had years of sharing everything because you've obviously created content on Sky Fantasy for so long. How mm. do you feel now sitting on the other end of that spectrum if you will and you're like actually no I can keep this now yeah again it, it, because I've played this game so long and I've had seasons where I've literally detailed my entire team my transfers remaining my my thing and, and put it out there on fantasy football scout for the world to see and, and and all that stuff I've had years of sharing all my content I've always been pretty happy to do it um you know and I've had years where I haven't been doing the content and my team's been private and no one's even bothered to ask me so why would I go out blurting it about um so I don't want to share like everything because I just want like considering that the position I'm in is pretty good. And again, I know it's early, so maybe it doesn't end up good. I don't think there's anything really for me to gain just by saying it. So I don't really see the need to do it. What I will say, I'm happy to share like generalizations, like like everyone else, I, I sort of want to aim for definitely more than half of my transfers left, um, if I can. Um, 
but sort of around the 30 mark if i can get to around the 30 mark when the overhaul happens then i'll be happy um you know somewhere either side you know it, it could end up that that ends up being too few or too many you just don't know like there's not an exact science in this well, obviously having more transfer is good but as we discussed sometimes you can end up making transfers that actually cost you points in this game so um, it just depends how the season goes. You know, there's so many different factors. Man City could win the league with 10 games remaining or, you know, there could be injuries all over the place and um, we could end up three for ones and stuff and massive jump-ons like we've had before with Arsenal and Man City. Like, there's so many different scenarios that I don't know how it's going to play out. So just in and around 30, just slightly over half for the second half feels about right and that's what I want to try and aim for. What's interesting to reflect on that is you've obviously done pods with the brilliant Noel Murphy who guests with us last year. Now, I know you'd be listening or watching. You're more than welcome to come back at some point this season. But me and Noel had really interesting discussions last year. He was obviously doing great. And he was like, yeah, my team's open. People can people can look at it. And he opened my eyes a little bit to almost say, do you know what the psychological is? Oh, I don't want people to know what I've got and how many transfer and stuff. And obviously people didn't know his transfer account, but could look at his team and he was kind of reverse the psychology on it by saying, let people chase me. <laughs> let, let them look at what I've got and I thought that that's a bit ballsy isn't it so yeah. that influence from Niall was not rubbed off on you from that perspective no but I think with Niall he's always been he, he's sort of more come to the content scene and is more like uh, sort of competing with his brother and his local friends and stuff is where he's he sort of started from those humble beginnings like Niall's probably the best player in the whole of Sky I would suggest across the, all of the seasons probably the number one player I, I think so whatever he's doing you know it's probably a good idea to follow um but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm always on the side of I don't care about anyone else, like whether they're looking at my team, whether they're not looking at my team. And I just think less information is probably generally better. Um, but I won't, I wouldn't factor that in. Like if you told me now, if, if Sky come out and said, well, all your teams have to be public, well, first, there wouldn't be anything else to do about it. But second, it wouldn't really bother me. I wouldn't care. I'd just, it'd just be there and everyone would have the same information. So whatever. Okay. <laughs> I said not too many of us have been impacted by new injury news. Uh, one of the questions we've had in is from Steve Cheeks. is well played so far. I have Antonio. Um, where w- where would you... Mistake. Well, I did think <laughs> that, but I wasn't going to be as blunt about it as you. He says, where would you go? He starts listing Fulham and Wolves players, Reem, Huang, Cunha, or something else completely. The max budget is 7.9. So wherever I go, I will be going back to Romero. So I guess it probably leads into a conversation of Steve wants to get something for presumably these three, I would guess, uh, or or two. It's going to be three, isn't it? Three Fulham or, or Wolves games before Romero's back. What's your take on Monday night, I guess, in the first instance on that Fulham Wolves game? Yeah, I'm still not 100% sure whether I'll cover that. I don't have anyone from those teams. You'll be shocked to know at this point. Um a lot of it comes down for me because, I, I mean, I've got Flecken in goal. I've had him from the very beginning. Um, so a lot comes down for me in terms of uh, will that double game week game go in pre-overhaul? Because if, if it will, then I think it's probably not worth the switch for me to switch to a goalkeeper. Maybe. It's still debatable. It, it, would you be that fussed about that, though? I mean, like, save tier, sure, but it could easily be three, four points, couldn't it, for Flecken at, at C? It's probably about par, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that extra game, fine. But then if they also have the... So that would make it to their level on the games, right? But with the Leno, you obviously... The games are pretty good. And also you get that captain day, which I wouldn't have for Flecken. So for me, how much is a transfer worth? This is a big conversation in Sky. Um, generally, I think, and a lot of the analytical guys, I credit a lot of what my season has, has come to this season is actually learning from them. I think you had Sam Bridge, Brennan, from um, on this pod at one point, the guy who doesn't watch yeah, the game. Yeah, very clever. Yeah. So I, I've learned from the new blood, essentially. So there's him, a guy called Spaceman, a lot of analytical managers on FPL that have started to play this game. So we're all in trouble, by the way, just to let you know, because they are very good at this sort of thing. And it's saying them. it's getting harder. Yeah, judging the value of stuff. So listening to them and drawing on what sort of some of their thought processes are, like how much a transfer worth. Generally, you're looking at sort of eight, nine, ten points is how much a transfer is worth. So if you think that your transfer, and it shouldn't really matter, by the way, whether this is in game week one or in game week 38, if you think that transfer is, is probably going to net you eight, nine, ten points, um, then it's worth considering. So then for me, when I line up Fleck and Toleno, you know, even if he gets two, three points on that night as captain, that starts to edge towards that. Then if you factor in, maybe he outscores Flecken over that period anyway, because he might just be a better goalkeeper to have. Debatable, because Flecken's games actually get good for a little while. 
And then if you factor in, well, maybe Flecken doesn't get that extra game and the extra game anyways versus Man City, as we just discussed, might be poor. Is that worth eight on a chance? Well, it's, it's on the it's on that line where it's certainly an option. And that might come down to now, well, how will I judge? Well, I'll make that decision. Well, isn't my transfer count would probably have um, an impact there, which, you know, it probably shouldn't. It should come down to, again, should it just be eight, nine, 10 points? But we have to factor in, like, if I'm going to run out before the season ends, then that will have a massive impact. So I'm going to sit here and go, okay, um, you know, if I don't have information about it, I'll have to make the judgment on the night as to whether I do it. I, the reason why I can't 100% say is what happens if I get two injuries this week? You know, yeah, suddenly that's what that I becomes, said last week, yeah. Yeah, it becomes a luxury move. So I'm still not 100% sure what I'll do. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's the general thought process I'll go through with that sort of stuff. For, for him, did he say that he, he needed a, an option that was quite cheap for that night? I mean... But he obviously wants to go something for three games, doesn't he? So Fulham's free is Wolves not in the forest at home and Liverpool away. And Wolves is Fulham away, Arsenal away, Burnley at home. I guess in the Wolves case, you might be more liable to go to one more and go not in the forest at home as well and then maybe move it. Yeah, I don't really like any of the outfielders particularly. But I think Tim Ream is probably the one to go to if you really wanted someone just because he can get that passing and he could end up with a five or a ten pointer on that night as captain. Um or oh, as captain, that would be doubled, sorry, but five tens um, doubled. And he's probably the option, but it doesn't it doesn't feel that great. And that's why I prefer the goalkeepers, because I think goalkeepers are generally just like the best picks, as we've said many times before, from these lower teams. You know, nine or 11 points quite often from them. Yeah, if you hit the clean sheet. Yeah, if you hit the clean sheet. But if you don't, in Leno's case, you're probably getting like four or five points anyway doubled. Um, yeah, and it's also you a tricky would... position, goalkeeper. You wouldn't have any consideration to look at any Fulham or Wolves player and get them in and leave them into overhaul, would you? Because actually the fixtures for both right up till the end aren't bad. Yeah, I mean, you could do. I think Tim Ream, you could argue there and maybe... I'm probably not giving Huang enough credit because I just have hang-ups on Wolves attackers and, and him in the past. But, you know, certainly this season, they look like they're they're actually a decent attacking unit. He keeps getting goals and assists and the price is so cheap that it's like, okay, 7.3 million, that's an option. But I don't really like most of the enablers in the game. When you've got someone like Palmer that's even cheaper, I think like I wouldn't necessarily want two if that was one I was going to go to. So that's my only hang-up with him. Eight Nori, 7.2 looks all right, but I'm not sure. You're kind of relying on attacking returns and clean sheets. And I don't, although it seems sexy, how many clean sheets and attacking returns is Eight Nori actually going to get? Because I don't think yeah. he's that good on the bonus. Yeah, she hasn't got composure when he gets there at the end either. Right, okay, so... They don't, they don't buzz me, put it that way. No, I get that. that but. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Would you have you considered Bellegarde at all? No, <laughs> he's six point six, and and the only reason that I mention that is I, I know a few people be looking at trying to get Palmer in and might be looking at kind of making one move to make another one at the moment. Mm. You could you could drop into him, punt him for the three or four games, and then you're into the start of Chelsea's good run. I just as he explained last week, it's two transfers on kind of your bottom end price, isn't it? Mm. Feels like one too many. Yeah, again, it could work, but I come back to, is that going to net you eight, nine, ten points on that transfer? If you think it is, then maybe it's worth it. 
Um, I don't know enough about that player to say whether he is he's able to to do that. Um, so I w- I wouldn't be able to pass judgment. But he's I just looked six point six is obviously crazy cheap. So um, if it allows other things, I guess so. I mean, Eze is really the one I would say that I'd want for like two or three. You probably missed the jump on to be honest. Yeah. But, um, he's probably the one over these short term picks that's cheap enough that um yeah you you may want. I mean, I considered doing Dunk to Eze. Um, last week when, when Dunk was was out injured and part of me thinks maybe I should have done it now, but um, I guess we'll see if he's fit or not. I think on uh, Bella Garden, Nate Norwich, just from my perspective, obviously we've got the unknown of what's the impact on Neto's availability and he may get a little bit of traction if he's back available and in the team. I, I suspect he probably won't start. I don't have any intel on that and there's no update on his availability. Just I think returning from a hamstring is probably more likely to be a sub. But his return at some point, if it's soon, he's likely to have an impact on one of Bellegard or Ray Nori. Oh, which, okay. which it, it could be that the Neto goes wide and Bellegard stays central and then Ray Nori goes back to left back and then it's useless for you. Or that Bellegarde drops back out of the team is another possibility. Cunha's quite cheap up front. That was mentioned. Wang, I only really like if Neto's available. So, yeah, again, for me, it's a skip. But it's also, I'm on Duncan Bowen. If I am if I get to Monday and I, those two are out for a few weeks, then I probably am diving into something, I suspect. Okay, fair. I mean, my preference, I think Huang, you can make a case for because if you think that that's going to continue, to me, it looks a little bit lucky. Like when you look at his returns, sort of one of return here or there every week and how how confident are we that's going to happen. My preference will always be in these situations to go for the player that is likely to pick up bonus points. And out of all of the players, that still comes back to Tim Ream. I think yeah. like that has always been my strategy. You cover the captains with the best players and the rest of the game is picking up tier points. I think we had, we did a pre-season pod, didn't we? And I hate to remind you of this, but... um you asked me the question around Rodri and Foden. And I said to you at that time, there's not even a conversation. Like Rodri will smash him. And although I had massive faith in Foden and his minutes would play, um, I didn't think he's in the same ballpark. And Foden's gone on to have a really good season, but he's nowhere near Rodri. Like he, yeah. these players can't be picked in Sky. Like Rodri is on a different plane for me. So that comes back to this decision. I'm weighing up all these bits and pieces. Okay, what's the worst case scenario? Reem probably picks up two or three points in passing in one or two of those games. And, then ends up being a player that you could maybe even hold from that point. I take it you're not back on Rodri. I so I'm in Rod. I've got Rodri in one of my teams, but not my better team. That's just okay. the way it, it worked out. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I'm kind of thankful for for that actually because on that on that note, Rodri's obviously got quite lucky as well with goals and assists. I would say that you wouldn't necessarily put down for him. Um, and that injury has caused a lot of other people to. Oh, sorry, it was a suspension, wasn't it? Or was it suspension? Yeah, and he's yeah. on four yellows now as well. Yeah, caused a lot of people to take him out of their team, and he's then gone on to continue to do well. So when we were talking about the luck, that's a bit of a luck thing there. Where I went back to Rodri, he's ended up getting a few goals and assists that you probably wouldn't put him down for, um, and everyone else kind of removed him because of the ban. Because why wouldn't you? To finish on Fulham Wolves, then uh, FPL Oakwell definitively, I think. Which keeper then? If you had to go one. What, between the, the Wolves and the Fulham? Yeah, ones? Leno and Saar. I think it's pretty close, to be honest, but I, I think it would be Leno for me. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't really have any massive insight as to why that would be. I just think Leno games are slightly better and I've just got a little bit more faith in terms of his save point potential. Um, so that, that would be the reason why. In terms of clean sheets, I know Wolves have only kept like one, I think, and maybe Fulham like two or three or something. But to me, that's not really relevant. Um, you know, a lot of clean sheets were a lot of luck, to be honest. So, yeah, it's more just I've got faith in him being a really good shot stopper. So, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I think it's quite close. The only thing I'd add is I think if people are looking to chain it, i.e., into Sanchez, for example, and I think mm-hmm. a few are looking at that, and I think people may be looking, say, from Johnston, might be one that like take Palace against Luton, move it on, take the keeper, move it on Sanchez. I think. It, a slight preference because of the two Wolves home games against Burnley Forest. Mm-hmm. Slight preference would maybe be with Saar. Yep. Um, but it, it feels like, is it just me, Luke? It just feels like it's 1 1, everyone will miss. It feels like that, doesn't it? It, just, it feels like the absolute typical God, James, skip it. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, it depends what goalkeeper you've got and whether you think it's going to score eight or nine, ten more points before the end of the season. If you're chaining on Sanchez or just want to get Sanchez on that game week, I think that's fine. And if you're happy with your keeper until that point, absolutely fine. 
Um, I think there's also an argument that maybe you can chain him to Edison if we end up getting that double because you end up getting a three for one for Edison right towards the end of the seat, um, yeah, just before the overhaul. And um, I know Edison is uh, quite expensive and, and not everyone's favourite, but you know if you're getting three games of Edison, including like a home Sheffield United in there um, over whatever goalkeeper you have, again, I come back to it, eight, nine, ten points, is Edison going to score more than them? I'd suggest he probably would. So that might be a good use of a transfer right towards the end. It would have to be from Leno if you take that route. So, yeah, so that's why Leno, I suppose, is, is on my radar as potentially happening. Okay, so with that in mind, Bridge Amateur says, assuming Brentford gets added pre-overhaul, which City players are worth a three-for-one at the end? So you're saying Edison. Holland, I think, would for anyone who doesn't have, would probably go without saying. Yeah, outside that, we're struggling, aren't we? Would Roger be worth it? Probably at that not. Stage? I, I, th- I think... Um, if you told me he plays all three games, probably, yeah. But the the home Sheffield United game in particular feels like a game they could rest. I mean, trying to predict Man City week on week is tough enough, right? But trying to predict it like months in the future um, and, and what their setup is going to be. They've just come back from the World Club Championships as well after that point. Like, this is why it's got to be, have to be a judgment that's much closer. It's not something we can really answer right now. But I would say, as a, like a guess at this point, I think Kanji could be a name that you could look at out of all the defenders. Because I think if you think, well, he plays, is it Everton, Sheffield United, Brentford, isn't it? Yep. So away to Everton, a reasonably tough game. Um, home to Sheffield United, probably a, a banker. And then, uh, again, a tough Brentford game. So you think probably the best team would play in the Everton and the Brentford game if they're able, you know, if they're fit enough. So um, at that point, is a Kanji in that team? We would have to rely heavily on whether John Stones is fit, I would suggest. So that's probably point number one. Point number two is like, who's going to play versus Sheffield United? Is he going to rest and rotate? If he does, then we know Akanji's like um, sort of the utility man that can fill in for anyone. He could play instead of Diaz in that game, for example. He could play instead of Walker in that right centre-back role. He could play as the left-back if, if Ake's still injured or Gavardio needs a rest. So Akanji might strangely be one of the few players that I'd be fairly happy he might play all three if the situation falls that way. And he's cheap enough where... He, he will get passing bonus as well. He's like in 80, 90s for passes per 90. He's like right near the top of Man City. Uh, yeah, he's actually so he... the highest scoring City defender. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot the of those goals, right? Uh, he's on 62 points, Akanji. Carl Walker of 57. That feels a, a regrettable one, maybe. Carl Walker, 8.6. I mean, he's probably played a lot more than we might have expected. And he's, he's not certainly guaranteed in terms of the tiers. But it's a fair price, isn't it, Carl Walker? I guess that would be another one, maybe. Yeah, that's one that I will look at as well at that point, because we might all have Thiago Silva in our teams at that point, where, again, you could look at a three-for-one. He's around the same price. You might have a Chelsea defender or something. You could move on for a Man City one for the last three. Uh, don't think that I don't think that really works, Luke, because they both play on the, the Wednesday night, which would be City's first. Um, and you'd also be taking out a Chelsea away to Luton as well. And you'd see the team. So it, it isn't it isn't a three for one. Oh, Saliba, but, sorry. Saliba, yeah, from, from Arsenal, you could or, definitely. Or, or Kieran Trippier, I think it is, if you've got Kieran Trippier. But the interesting one with Arsenal, just why you mentioned them, obviously there's a tough, after they play Luton on Tuesday the 5th, there's a tough set of fixtures. Um, are you considering coming off Arsenal players there? Um, well, I I haven't had an Arsenal player for most of the season. I haven't had Saka. I had Saka game week one simply for the captain. And a large part of why I think I've done pretty well is I haven't had Saka all season. I haven't even really had Saliba. Um, but I have got Saliba now. Um, so, yeah, I, I've only recently got him, which shouldn't affect my decision making. But I am considering doing Saliba to Thiago Silva. Yeah, that's um, also my- under consideration. Yeah, I think that works out pretty well. It's just whether how confident you are in Thiago Silva playing all of those games across that period. At his I'm age. not. No, so I'm not. I'm not really happy to chance any of the other Chelsea defenders. Again, a large part of why I've done, I did pretty well compared to most people. I think at the beginning is most people had Colwell, and I went for Thiago Silva just because I wanted that guaranteed passing bonus and spend the extra money, and that worked out pretty well for me. So I do have a soft spot for him. He's been an absolute legend in Sky, but actually, to be fair, I went with both. I think. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, I think so yeah. But will he play all those games across Christmas? I don't know. So, no, yeah. and I think there's two. I keep highlighting this on the FPL pods. I think there's two real danger rotation ones. There's one coming up with Liverpool, Sunday the third, Fulham at home. Then it's Sheffield United away to Wednesday, and then Palace is to Saturday lunchtime. And it looks like three brilliant fixtures. It'll be three for one over a few teams, etc. But even Mo might not start all three of them. 
Mm. Van Dyke probably does, but he's quite pricey at the moment. The rest, like say your Shimikas, Shimikas ain't starting all three of them games as as no. an example. And I've got him. I'm not moving it or anything at the moment. And the other real danger one is that Chelsea one at the end, Christmas Eve against Wolves, which is the Sunday. Wednesday night against Palace and then also Saturday lunchtime against Luton. And again, it's three good fixtures. That is Thiago Silva playing all them. Yeah, that's why Sanchez Doubtful. is probably the standout pick, isn't he? For, for Chelsea, like if you want to be sure. Thiago Silva, though, if he does play or even if he misses one, still is in that conversation simply because he picks up the passing most of the time, those two or three points. Yeah. For me, it's not even necessarily the worry that he misses one game. If that happens, like, like you've just said, a lot of players might miss a game. It's more, do I trust him to not get injured over that period? There, um, but there's that also. Mm. Uh, Chelsea players do have a historic over the last couple of years of getting injuries. But yeah, if you said from from that Everton away fixture, the real entry point, Sunday the 10th, then Sheffield United at home, the Wolves away is the single game day, Palace at home, Luton away. If you said Silver starting four of those five really good fixtures, and mm. as long as he's starting that Wolves game, which isn't really any reason to think that he wouldn't, then yeah, I'd be quite happy with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I'm definitely looking at. I mean, it's noted down in my plan at the moment is Saliba Tiago Tiago Silva on the 10th of December. You wouldn't go to one earlier on a Wednesday, no? Um, Where is that? Well, you you can do it either way. Um, So you could have Chelsea at Manchester United on the Wednesday or you keep Saliba for the extra, which is Villa away. Yeah, yeah. It's tight. I guess in that sort of scenario, you probably are better off waiting the one more. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't got my plan up in front of me. I was just running off that 10th of December that you said. So it's, what, it's one of those weeks that I end up doing it. In fact, I can bring it up and double-check exactly what I've got it down. If you want to bear with me. Please do, Luke. Everyone's copying what you're doing. <laughs> so, you know, let us know, pal. I've got it down in FPL game week. So it happens in an FPL game week 15. That's when I do so, sleep. Yeah, to, the so Wednesday night against Manchester okay. United, yeah. There Interesting. Uh, question from Andy Max. It's my first season playing Sky. Currently 12K, so not chasing rank, just enjoying learning the game and strategy. What advice would you give to a newbie when overhauling their team in a few weeks? Who are the players to target? What should I focus on, etc.? Cheers, Luke. Yeah, I've got no... Do you know what your overhaul team is now? I don't give it any thought until it actually happens. No, no, I wouldn't say I wouldn't give it any thought because I, I think because there's so many single game days when we return... You can look at a few already and go, okay, yeah, I'm definitely having Haaland and I'm definitely having some form of Liverpool coverage, bearing in mind Mo will be away, but I haven't decided like what yet. I'll probably want an Arsenal defender, I would have thought, but no, nah, in terms of putting it together, no. Yeah, I don't even need to stress no your brain right now with that. There'll be a lot of content around that point as well for people to, to look at and engage I've, it, I've, but... Probably more discussion would be as a, as an advice for a new player. If they're not worried about rank, and I guess for a new player in the first season, he probably is as much about learning and strategy. Absolutely. Would you want to go quite template at that point? Or are you already thinking to go different? I, I don't give any consideration to template or different. I go for whatever's best. So I don't care about any of that. So for him, I would try to play the game as best as he possibly can. And I wouldn't give any consideration to ownership. But what, what's best will be quite close to template, won't it? Well, yeah, it, most of the time it will be because wisdom of the crowds is a thing. Um, yeah, I did, this game, I said it, I think, right at the beginning of the pod, is about covering the captains with the best captains that you can. That doesn't always necessarily mean the very best, but you know, in some situations where that player ends up being captain multiple times, you probably want the best. So, you know, Saliba for Arsenal, for example, recently, Haaland for Man City, obvious ones like that, maybe Son from Spurs. So that. That's what the game's about, covering the best captains or the best you possibly can for a certain period. And then for me, the rest of the players, it's about picking up tier points. I still think they're undervalued massively. So you look around the rest of your team and you try to collect those tier points and finding those centre-backs that you know can pick up reliable passing bonus and hopefully as well as an added, an added thing can pick up clean sheets. Like Lewis Dunk is still owned by everyone despite no clean sheets, will still probably be owned by everyone continuing. And he doesn't, he doesn't even have any clean sheets, such as the power of the passing bonus. So uh, when you factor in someone like Romero, who I jumped on incredibly early, by the way, again, is a, probably a large part of why I did well, is he is a player in that mould who not only picks up the passing bonus, but has ended up getting some clean sheets. And they are literally like in the past, we've had Diaz and Van Dijk top score in the game overall with 20 clean sheets and doing that over and over. I don't think Romero will get 20 clean sheets, but if he can get 10 to 15 and he costs 7.9 million, then he's up there with like the best picks in the game. So those are the players that you want to fill around the edges. With that in mind, just a quick one. Burnley v Luton will be a single game day on the other side of overhaul. 
So I'll take I it you'll be st- I'll take it that. you'll be starting with Jordan Bayer then. <laughs> well, maybe. I, I um I actually get this another funny story about my season. I didn't get Bayer, but I, I eyed him up. But the only reason I didn't get Bayer is because I got Roberts, because I put value in Rob the fact that Roberts' historical passing date was actually a lot better than Bayer's. It was considering how how much I value that passing bonus, I paid that extra money to get Roberts in my team over that period on the basis that he may out, outscore him in terms of the passing and it'd be more reliable. Um, because Bayer at the time was actually getting tackles, remember? I think he got like 12 in a game. He was getting like a ridiculous amount of tackles. Well, that can't continue. And it didn't. Um, I went for Roberts. So what happened? Bayer get passing in every game and Roberts didn't even touch it because they can't, this inversion thing they're doing has just been not working for them. And in fact, ended up getting injured and then dropped eventually. So... Now you tell me, would I start with Bayer? I'd have to look at my whole team, but I'd be open to it. I think he's fine. If you get that passing centre back, I think he'd be a fine, cheap option. <laughs> I actually quite yeah, like it. And and until you look at their fixtures afterwards, by okay, the way, right. you well then it might be a skip then. Pretty off putting. I, I think it's Man City away first after as well. I think. Um, so are you sure you've got more than twelve transfers left, Luke? Honestly, they've all been used on injury. Really. Like <laughs> I've obviously got lucky with my starting team. So many of them have been used on injury. Um, the only one I can remember using, probably two tactically, was Saka was always to start with him and then get rid of him straight away. And then what other tactical ones I did? I did a Harland hokey cokey, missed Newcastle. So I took him out for that nice. game and that worked out really well. And um, I got Trippier in and Romero early, kind of free choice, I think. I can't remember who I binned in the end. Maybe it was Thiago Silva or someone like that that was tactical. The rest of them have pretty much been injured. All right, there's people going back to their notes. How many good Sky players have been injured this year? Uh, Adam Byron says, uh, how does your start this year compare with the season that you finished fourth? Do you have any recollection of how well you were doing early that season? So I, I think that was the season where Dzeko scored four goals. So I actually was high up very early on. And then I dipped quite substantially and then came back towards the end. In fact, the... Uh... So that that is that the four goals he scored against my team? It might be, yeah. It might. Yeah. It's all you scored four against us right at the start of that season, the same year okay. City won the title. Okay, well that that will be it then. If that was the season they won with Aguero with the last minute goal, then that's definitely it. Yeah, I don't know if it is, but I think I, did, I started pretty well that season. But I have had other seasons where I finished high and not started so well. Like I say, I've been in nearly all scenarios, so um, I wouldn't particularly worry too much about your overall position at this point. I think particularly with the overall average of players. Like if you look at most engagements, if you look at like the content creators leagues, like a good one on FF stuff, you can look at like high involved players and look at how many points they've got. I think that, and then you listen to them and they're all sort of, I, I guess, in around that 30 transfer mark. That's kind of the ballpark. I would suggest that you want to base yourself off of like where your rank is and what, what transfers you got left is pretty good way to do it. Cause the overall leaderboard is just a total mess. You can't, you can't say for sure where you are or what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Starting to, starting to get, as you said, players you're recognising in the top 100 and stuff like that, though, mate. You are starting to feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always those guys there. They're always in and around, but they have you have to continue to get that luck to stay there. That's, that's, all, that's all I'll say, and that goes for me as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Okay, a couple of Brighton players um, James Hill wants to know about, which is particularly relevant because they've got injuries at the moment, and also there's there's two single game days. I, I feel like the last one against West Ham has been forgotten about a little bit on uh, January the 2nd. Uh, James wants to know what to do with Dunk and Mitoma. Um, well, I can't really answer that because I don't know how injured they are, do I? Um... Mitoma, we think, uh, Andy Naylor, who's Brighton correspondent for the Athletics, said that he didn't think that he would be available at Night in the Forest this weekend. 
Um, I mean, if he was just to miss one week, I'd be tempted to maybe keep because I think he's an okay-ish option. But you know, it depends what other players you don't have in your team. So I think I listened to the, I listened to the Hubs pod, and I think um, Paul was saying he was going to go to Mbomo uh, from Matoma, or he already has done that maybe. And I can't see that really being an issue. I think he's one of the top three value players in the game for points per million. And I know you could end up going there, they get the bank and they don't get the extra game. They still could end up outscoring him. I, so, I think that with Mbumo, um, I've been considering for the other fantasy game as well, is the the, the Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United little run there of three fixtures looks really good for, for him offensively in the immediate. And actually Saturday the 2nd, you could make a case for him captaincy. Um, you see the three o'clock kickoff. So if you did have Saliba, and for whatever reason, he wasn't in against Wolves, there aren't huge alternatives that day. Newcastle Man United is a very late kickoff. Mm. You know, and Boomer against Luton as a differential, he could do a lot worse. Plus, there's no entry point to him. So, yeah, I think Paul was saying this on his pod as well. The fact there's no entry point, most others aren't going now unless they've mm. got their own injury issues. But I think if Bowen was ruled out for a while, and Bumo might be quite popular to cover that, actually. Yeah, I think that's very wise. I think he's a very good pick, especially if he gets that extra game. I know that extra game is probably only likely to result in two points, but it's still nice to have it there just in case, isn't it? Um, Hypothetical for you then, with Dunk. Let's say they said, right, he's going to miss the next two. He's going he's to miss Forrest away and Chelsea away. And he's back for Brentford at home, Burnley at home. Is that just a keep then? Um, probably not. I don't think I would. Even even for the two, you'd get rid, yeah. Well, yeah. Is it worth? Am I? Can I find anyone that's going to get me eight, nine, ten points for that transfer? If I don't, and I don't want to go back to him, this would very much depend on whether I've got Brighton and West Ham coverage already for that game. I would suggest. So well, the, the Palace Brighton before as well, isn't it? Okay, so. so yeah, if you've got captaincy coverage, then I would consider getting rid. If you don't, then it's probably a hold if it's out for two weeks. That's the way I would look at that. I would think, honestly, and this might be because I've used more transfers than than many, that if I knew that he was definitely back in time for the Palace single game day, which is a month away exactly from when we're recording, I'd maybe just leave it. Because I'd have to be buying a defender. I'm going to force myself into a Wolves player. And I've got to skip it, Luke. I can't, I can't be doing it. I've got to skip yeah. it. Your mate Porro is an excellent. Uh, another player I've had that. Yeah, I've been mentioning. Yeah, so I've I've had Porro for a large part of the season, and he's been great. I mean, Spurs have just been really good to me. To be honest, I've avoided. I didn't have Madison. Haven't had any of their attackers outside Sun for one of needed captain and Romero and Porro double up has worked wonders for me. Um, Porro's just that's a crazy price. I mean, we haven't even seen the attacking potential he's got. I know he got the assist the other day, but It'll he's come. got there's more attacking potential in them, and then he picks up picks up tackles, he could pick up passing in some games. Like he's just an all-round fantastic option at 7.8 million. I know it's got a bit worse now because their defense is bad, but if you he's the kind of player you could put in now, we'd probably get tackles and bonus in some of these games. And then obviously when their players are back and the fixtures turn around again, he's one of the best options back there. So I think weirdly though, anything you want to go to Tottenham now, you probably keep to the end. Yeah, you would you Tottenham would do captaincy it. options at the end as well. Yeah. If you if you need to make a that's that was my thing. If you need to make a defender transfer now um, and you're not interested in Fulham and Wolves, then I, I think you can do far worse than Pedro Porro, to be honest. Would you consider, if you, if you knew Dunk was available, say, say say you didn't have coverage of Palace Bryant when that single game day came round, and let's say you had Jared Bowen as well in place and, he, and he's fit for the later one, would you consider skipping Palace Bryant? Or would you be like, I've got to have Dunk for that? No, I'd be happy to, to skip it. Skip it. Yeah, okay. It's, uh, one game, one game here or there, um, it's fine. I don't think you need to necessarily cover that game. You know, there's always going to be some games. Well, I think we've talked about this in the past, where you've had trouble in the past letting go of, of fixtures. Sometimes it just works out where, for your team, it makes sense to just avoid it. And yeah, uh, GG Magpies thinking about Nakamba to Palmer this Saturday. Um, yeah, I haven't had Palmer. So he's been hurting me with his penalties every week, um, which is kind of annoying. Come on, Godfather. Is it, are penalties sustainable? <laughs> penalties are very, very random. That's that's what I know. Um, you only have to look at Bruno Fernandes getting about 12 in a season, including after full time sometimes, and then uh, just like not getting any for like a season. 
Um, I think Palmer's a great option regardless. Is it is I'll throw it back to you. Is Palmer going to outscore in Canberra from now to the end of the season? Yeah, but I wouldn't make the transfer this week because next weekend Chelsea play on the Sunday and Luton play on the Saturday, and well, they're both go. playing Saturday this week. So, like, yeah. I think in reality, look, it's new. It's not even like it's not a plum fixture. It's Newcastle away. Mm. Take the two in the Canberra games, Palace at home and Brentford away, or fine if he picks up his fifth yellow because I think he's on four now, then move it. But Touchwood, you don't get the book in this week. And then I'd I'd make the move on Sunday the third. Yeah. Rather than oh. rather than this weekend. Completely um Trackstar G says, What's your greatest ever differential sky captaincy? I I guess it's one of them city players, isn't it? Eleven twelve, what you've already said. <laughs> well the David Silver one by pure how crap sky are that made me get uh, get sorted him twice in, in two weeks stands out. I had a few answers to this actually because again I played it so long, but um, not necessarily the greatest, but the year I won, I also had John Joe John Joe Shelby as captain when he was literally zero percent owned on a Monday night for Swansea. He ended up getting five points man of the match, a tackle bonus, and an assist, just one assist, which is nothing. I think that ends up being about twelve points or something, but doubled to twenty four. That twenty four point boost on top of what nobody had at that point. What if I just look at that alone, I would have finished like ninth or something if I didn't get it. So that. That stands out as like the ones that nobody else has got sometimes are, are, are really good. But probably the best like complete total score for a differential. Can you remember when Benteke got a hat-trick on a Monday night? I can't remember if it was for Aston Villa or not now. Um, I guess it probably was. but I, I, got, I certainly remember he got a hat-trick against QPR in a rearranged midweek fixture. Might have been might that. Be that. Might have been that. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was particularly popular. And I brought him in as captain and he yeah, got a hat-trick. So that stands out from memory as being pretty good. Nice. Um Scott McDonald wants to know if do you have any 8.5 million or under player you'd punt in any position you can choose until overhaul? I'd probably throw in I, the Poro I've been mentioning week on week as well. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear you you've had him because I think most people haven't been going there because of Romero. Is there any anything you're looking at you think no one's considering him? I'm really interested in this particular player at the moment. Yeah, Poro definitely stands out. Um, I think another one you could do far worse than Solanke. He's 7.8 million. Now, cheap cheap strikers in Sky always do really, really well. The thing with, you know, although I always chase the bonus with a forward, you can obviously get that bonus in any random game where they have those two shots on target. And he's not a heavy shot taker, Solanke, by any means, but he could pick up bonus in the odd game from here for these fixtures are pretty good. If you look at, if you stretch Bournemouth's game from here to Wogerhall, um, I think they're fine. You know he's going to play. He's on penalties. Yeah. You know, it gets discussed all the time. You know, if it's not captain consideration, because he probably won't be, he's just a really good option. Then also, because he's a forward in Sky, it's good because it kind of then allows it frees up other positions and other other things you can do because you can just kind of leave that forward there. So Solanke at 7.8 is probably quite a standout, I would say, at that price. Will Porro outscore him over that period? Probably. I'd still probably think Porro, but... Yeah, Romero, similar price. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would outscore him, but... If, you, if you're saying right now for a differential that no one else has got, Solanke 7.8 probably stands out. You can even throw in Edouard and Awanoe that are even cheaper at 7.5 and 7.0. I think those guys could end up being decent value. But Edouard, I can't be having. Yeah, Awanoe, I think we've had the experience, haven't we? we? We didn't love it. Well, I wanted to start with him like everyone, but he was injured and we, we ended up going with Morgan Gibbs-White or whatever it was and he was absolutely tragic. It's um, really nice to know, Luke, that you was with us there, mate. Yeah, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was there. I was there with that one. I really wanted Awanoe and he was injured. I didn't want Gibbs-White at all, but yeah, yeah. I, I think he's fine, Awanoe, though. I think he's okay. He, I'd still take Slanky over him just because I'm more um, com- confident in the fact that he'll play all of the games and get all of the minutes. Yeah, I mentioned Solanke last week in a, a kind of an odd scenario where I spoke about City's last game before the Club World Cup and they play Palace. Mm. And there's three o'clock kickoffs that day. So you see the teams of multiples. And I, I used the reference that if Alvarez wasn't in the team there, suddenly I could be looking at a Solanke on a four for one over him, possibly, mm. on the thinking that, well, is Alvarez going to play? If, if you don't have the extra Brentford game, does he then play Everton and Sheffield United at the end? Arguably, maybe not. So it could easily look like a four for one and, you, and you're moving straight into Luton at home. But mm. yeah, before that, Sheffield United, Villa, Palace, United, they're not bad. Three of them are away though. Um, and I don't think you, you, you wouldn't at any point be looking at him as a captaincy coverage 
I don't no. think. Again, this is not a player I'm going to buy in my team. It's just a different different player if, if he wanted to look there. Another one that I don't think anyone's looked at, and probably for good reason, because we don't know how it's going to work, but Conor Gallagher is actually very slyly doing very well at 7.8 million. If you look at his last sort of five or six games, it's literally 5-7, is all his returns. He's just, a, because he's playing that number 10 position, and I think um, you, you've played this game long enough where you remember Colin Gallagher was actually one of the best players in Sky. He was one of the best picks under uh, Palace at one point. Oh, at Palace, he was in everybody's team. Yeah, so I don't think it's this, quite the same thing here, but he is a player that will get you that shots tier occasionally. He can get you tackles because he's all about the place. He's playing every game and he's picking up the other assist as well. He gets you passing tiers every now and then he can in that position as well. So decent-ish option for 7.8. The only thing is... Like when Nkunku comes back, do we know yeah. if he's always going to play? So I don't think you and, can chance it. And and the fixture surprised. swing. So it doesn't surprise me. They, they've obviously had a difficult run of fixtures. It wouldn't surprise me that he's in and about the tackles and the odd attacking return at the moment because he obviously is, he's an amazing presser and he's basically playing the 10 position. But when these easier fixtures come from Chelsea's swing, to be confirmed if he stays in that position. Yeah, I and think. obviously Palmer's 6.6, so no one's going to do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if from now till overhaul he does pretty well maybe even just stays in the team no I, I don't hate that as well because if, if you're using say just Palmer as just your captaincy coverage having that second option you'd be bloody unlucky if neither of them started say at Wolves on Christmas Eve for example um Noel Brennan says sitting at 1900 overall 37 transfers left is it silly to be thinking on gambling on differential captains yet well, better just to keep going with the obvious on what most other people do until later in the game. I presume based on your template answer earlier, it's just pick whoever you think is best. Yeah, I would give no consideration to being different. All that happens is that there's a very good tweet that someone put out there once upon a time, something like rank 2000, time to be different. I'll captain this player next week. Rank 2200, time to be different. I'm going to captain this player. Rank 2000. You're just going to end up going down if you're captaining the worst player unless you get very lucky. So I would continue to play in the best possible way. And that conversation around being different becomes a little bit different as we get very close to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah there is a point near the end. And I know you will do this. Like if, if you're sitting 27th going into the last few weeks, you're going to you're gonna potentially captain a few players you don't think are best, right? Well, yeah. I mean, let's say I'm eighth place. It makes no difference to me unless I am in some Kashmir league. So it will have to take everything yeah, sure. into consideration, right? Whether I will, how far I can win and what I can win, et cetera. But yeah, if I'm in that situation where it's like final two weeks, I'm 10th, I can't, I'm 50, 60 points behind, then I will be captaining, you know, John Joe Shelby's of this world and hoping to get lucky. Yeah. It would make no difference to you in this game, whether you finish 20th or 200. Oh, would that, would that be fair or? No history. When I've turned up in this pod, I told you about my positions I finished. I could be talking out my ass. I could have come. Could have you come could 30K. be lying. Could be true. Could have come 30K like every season. You wouldn't know any different. So, yeah, it doesn't with matter. With that in mind, we'll finish with uh, Mr. Ian Parrin. says, uh, can you give both yourselves and each other a predicted finishing position for Sky this season? One which would be difficult for everyone else to bet whether the outcome would be higher or lower. So basically, he's saying a sort of uh, Sky Sporting Index, i.e., you know, are you going to finish above or below this position? What would be the it. mean to guess? I, I would obviously go first for Luke. <laughs> I think, to be honest, I think a sensible estimate for you right now would be probably roughly where you are. I'd say top 50, but that's because I'm trying to be generous to myself. Yeah, but I think so top, if I'll, I finish st- in the I'll top stick 50, with exactly where you are, 27. Yeah, I think I'll do well to hang on to that. But top 50, I think would be decent. But we'll see. I've got my other team, haven't I, in 200 and seconds. So maybe that ends up usually how these things work. Like at times that team's been above my other team. So I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up overtaking it at some point. So where am I finishing? What position are you now, did you say? I'm 382nd with 32 transfers left. See, I think top 75, I think top 100 is pretty much a given. So I'd say, to be harsh, I'll say top 75. <laughs> I think it's pretty much a given in that position. Yeah, there is only one target and that's first. Of course, of course, my man. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, to be honest, I had, a, I had a difficult and very disappointing Sky season last year. So it's nice to be back uh, amongst it and in the conversation. But I've got some doing to, to catch you, Luke. Pleasure as always. Uh, please plug your shit before you leave us. 
sorry that phrase which isn't shit it's good <laughs> um yeah I, I do a pod on on fpl uh more than sky so if you're into that as well uh it's at inspected goals which is on twitter and on youtube so if you want to check us out then um feel free to do that that'd be great thank you is mr Krellin still talking about free hitting in game week 18 yeah, I mean, I think he's come away from that idea slightly now, but he certainly was like a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he was keen. I was talking to him. Yeah, I think he's come away from it now just because he was saying that there's more chance of some run. I mean, you know far better than I do, um, but more sort of chaos happening a bit later than he anticipated initially. Well, I, I had to watch that one because I heard about the chaos at the end of the uh, the program, which was hilarious. You weren't on it. That? What's that? Sorry. With, with, with the stream. Where they lost the Wi-Fi. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, but in, in group chats, he was just saying that there's potentially like, I don't know why I'm trying to lecture you. You know all this stuff. There's like There could be a blank of like literally four teams playing, couldn't it? If it all went really badly or only like three fixtures or something or four fixtures. FA Cup. Very worse. Yeah. Yeah. So then that would be, I don't know, a bit of a drama when it comes to free hit. It'd be a time when you play. probably want to get the best captaincies for that blank game week in Sky Fantasy at the end of mm. March. Luke, you're a pleasure. Thank you so much, mate. We'll speak soon again, no doubt. If I don't speak to you before, have a good Christmas, mate, and good luck for the rest of the Sky season. There's more Sky content coming tomorrow on Thursday because this week's Clash of the Correspondence is relevant. It's Fulham versus Wolves with Dara Curran and Bradley Parker. Just leaves me to say thanks so much to Luke. Good luck, everyone. Play it your way. Cue music, please. Manchild. The Fantasy Football Show. Podcast Network.